Hey everyone, it's Alec, here to remind you to check the trigger warnings in the description of today's episode. And should you need a transcript, you can find that along with other goodies in the description down below. Have a safe listen. Mythail presents Circe's. Episode 24, Zombie Syndrome. Today's session will be a little different from what I'm used to. This one is a collection of multiple events written down by one of our former patients, Jenny Polensky. She was admitted back on the 6th of November in 2000 and was sent back home to restart her life on the 19th of December 2001. She started writing her notebook in February 2000. I'll be reading the segments she left behind. The session was recorded on the 17th of April, 2023, by Elias Emanuel Short, therapist in training at Sunshine Valley Mental Institution. 8th of February, 2000. When I was a kid, my mother moved away with her new boyfriend, which left me and my dad alone in our two-room apartment. He didn't cry when she left, and to be honest, neither did I. That, of course, meant that my dad and I grew very close over the years, since he took over the motherly role that my own birth giver had failed to fulfill. I grew up wanting to be like the man that had shaped so much of my life, and one of the odd little things I always hoped that I would inherit from him was his moles. They seemed to grow more and more as the years passed by. When I was younger, I would spend New Year's Eve morning counting the moles on his body, and each year there would be at least ten new ones. My mother had always had very clear skin, with barely any moles to speak of. I'm 21 now, and my dad passed away when I was 19. I still hadn't inherited any of his moles when he was taken away from me so tragically, and yet I have held out hope that someday I would be able to count new moles on my skin as the years passed as well, keeping a tradition that had shaped my childhood alive. I was determined to keep his memory alive. So I bet you can understand my excitement when I woke up today to find a mole on my left arm. The brown dot on my skin is a small reminder that my dad will never truly leave me, that he came when I needed him the most. I signed myself into this mental hospital back in November due to my mental illness. I was aware that I couldn't push myself any further before I would snap and there would be nothing left to save. I chose life, and I think it just chose me back. 12th of February, 2000. I might just be overreacting, but I think the mole on my arm has grown bigger. Not that it should matter much. It will just make people pay more attention to it, and if they ever ask about it, it will give me a chance to tell them about the most amazing man that gave me this mole. 
The area around it has a spot that is a tad darker than my skin color. I hope more moles will sprout on my skin and I will have an amazing count this winter when I get around to carry on my tradition. People always call it weird when I tell them about what me and my dad would get up to at the end of each year, but they don't understand the bond we shared. I bet they're just sad they never got to experience the same close relationship I shared with my father. I would give everything I had to once again sit on the flower pattern couch in the living room on New Year's Eve and count the dotted skin upon my father's aging back. He would comment on whatever was shown on TV, giving me all the details I would miss when my hands moved up and down to count the growing spots on my father. I do not envy their lonely existence. 28th of February, 2000 I wonder when my mole is going to stop growing. I wonder if it's a sign of some sort. But I'm not worried about the plans my father must have for me, for I am well aware that if my mole wants to stop growing, there must be something significant about it. It's about the size of my thumb now. I did wonder if it could be some kind of cancerous growth, but when I asked my doctor about it, she just seemed perplexed, telling me there was nothing to look at. If she thinks it's safe, I will see how big it can grow. 20th of March, 2000. The growth won't seem to stop, and I worry how much more of my skin it wants to conquer before it's satisfied with the progress it has made. It has grown to about the size of my hand, the color shifting slightly to a deeper brown. It feels weird when I place my palm against it, but I suppose that's what a mole is supposed to feel like. The mole has merged with the few that had grown around it, which explains the size it has managed to take. Will it swallow me whole till there is nothing left? No, I can't think like that. What would my father think if he knew I had uttered those words? My father has a plan for me, and it's not my place to question how he decides to bring it to life. I would trust him with my life back then. Why wouldn't I trust him now? 25th of May, 2000 I decided to check my back in the mirror today. It looks like this winter will keep me entertained for hours as I bend over backwards to count the gifts upon my skin. They are slowly spreading, creating beautiful patterns. Not many will understand the beauty of it. I never did think they had the ability to understand. Soon the moles will be all over my body and not only dotting the edges. I miss my father ever so much but this feels like a warm hug from him. 16th of July, 2000. The mole on my arm is still growing. I know I don't write my updates often, but who would even read them? I mostly keep this journal for my own enjoyment and to share the growth of my moles. I have been hiding my arms when I go to the common areas, as I don't want their eyes on me. I also refuse to let them see the wondrous marks they will only want to take it away from me. I don't want them to. I won't allow them to. This is not just any other mark. This is my father's mark. It has now grown to double the size since I last wrote about it. I could probably cover it if I had both my hands pressed against it. 
but alas, I don't wish to cover it. I still wonder what purpose the mark serves, but deep inside, I know that I have nothing to worry about. You are always in the hands of someone who knows better, you just haven't realized it yet. In a way, I guess you could say that we make our own gods. Do I think a god has a plan for me? It could be possible, and if so, I won't question the workings of a god. I am just a person, and they get to shape my skin however they want. Maybe I should start worrying about the odor that my mark is starting to give off, but I doubt it's anything serious. It must just be the smell of a warm summer making sweat seep into the hem of my shirt. I'm not sure if the mark likes the heat. I should keep an eye on it. First of October, 2000. I don't know who to tell about this, because I have been in denial for a few months now. But I think the truth has finally dawned on me. I'm scared. The mole on my hand has spread further than I had ever imagined when I first discovered it. I tried to convince myself that it was a blessing, a sign for my dad to keep going. It's hard to explain all this, because I fear I only have a moment of clarity. My head is foggy, the same way it would be if I'd been drunk. It's as if I've just awoken from a dream. My lower arm has a mole that covers almost half of it, except it isn't a mole. I finally gathered my wits enough to touch the surface of my skin. My fingers sank into the gooey mush that pretended to be my arm. The liquid was cold to the touch, leaving yellow, foul-smelling gunk on my fingers when I pulled them back. The mole is no longer a dark brown. It has faded into a deep black, unlike any I've seen before. All the moles are starting to mimic the pattern, covering me in small spots of what I can only assume is rot. I don't know how to get out of this. Who would be able to help me now? 17th of October, 2000. I broke down. The rot seemed to be unending, and I fear it will cost me my life if I don't speak up now. Speak now, or forever hold your peace. Those words seem to echo in my head. They are so sinister, yet we connected with marriage. I wonder how many things are just like that, dark beneath a fake surface we have created. I'm going to tell my doctor what is happening to me. I need her to make it stop, even if that means losing the body parts the rot has already claimed. I'm ready to make that sacrifice. I just want to live. I'm not ready to die yet. Not now. Not like this. 18th of October, 2000. I walked away. I was about to enter the room when a voice rang inside my head, making me come to a halt. It was the voice of my father, just as calming as I remembered it. His words were a murmur that only I could understand. I know now that this is all part of his plan. I should have never feared it. Of course, this is the work of my father. I am his servant. From the day I was born, our souls have been connected. I'm here to carry to the seas, even though it's going to cost me my life. He gave me the honor of sacrificing myself for the greater good. He is my creator, my reason, 
He is my God. I will never put anyone above him, and I will carry my gift in secret until he prepare me to show the world what we have made, what will eventually become their truth, as it became mine. 1st of November, 2000. Holy be his name, holy be his will. He is my God, my Savior, and my will. Oh, let his word be my law and bring terror on them all. Give me your rotten core, your rotten world, and your rotten all. Get on your knees and pray, for he brings you gifts. Take them wholeheartedly and don't question it for a mere second. You have no concept of the greatness before you. He is now free from his mortal flesh. 15th of November, 2000. I am afraid. I tore out so many pages out of fear of the thing that lives inside me. The rot is spreading faster each day that passes. I doubt I'll be able to keep it hidden for much longer. I read the chant the thing wrote on the pages that I thought were mine. I've had everything that is me stripped away like it was nothing but an empty shell. Have I lost everything that was me in the process? I always feared losing my memory, waking up with no idea what had happened the day before. What are we if not our memories? They are what shapes and drives us, and now I'm left with a blank space over the last few months, and it scares me. I don't know when I will next experience a moment of clarity. And I'm not certain how far the rot will reach when I once again get to speak my piece. Whoever might end up finding this, make sure I'm never forgotten. My name is Jenny Polensky. I'm 22 years old. My father was Robert Polensky, and he was the greatest man to have ever lived. I'm not going to be forgotten. December 2nd, 2000. I can't stay any longer. I'm going to die soon. Whatever has overtaken me, I will not let it get a hold of anyone else within this place. They don't deserve to suffer the way I have. No one does. I doubt it'll be long before I'm found dead and I refuse to let it be in here. If I'm never found, it will be for the better of everyone involved. Since I signed myself in here, I am allowed to leave whenever I please. I am here of my own free will and it is now time to take responsibility. I am sorry for the distress I might have caused, but I hope my caretakers will think fondly of me when I leave this earth. I'll be with my father in my next life. I can't wait to see him once more. It's odd how fast you can come to terms with your own demise. Don't mistake that with me not being scared, because I am terrified. I'm only 22, and somehow I have to say goodbye to a life I've barely gotten to live. Remember me. Please just say someone will remember me. The mole that consumed me has started to grow on my neck and face. The skin on my arms is nothing but rot, and even if I tried to get the help I needed months ago, I know the rot has burrowed so deep inside me that there is nothing left to save. It's too late for me. Thank you for taking care of me. Jenny Polensky. <clears throat> this is rather disconcerting to read. 
These events took place long before my time at the hospital. I must have only been around four at the time. I spent some time looking into what happened to Jenny Polensky after she left Sunshine Valley in the morning of the 3rd of December. She disappeared from the radar for the first week after she left, not even being traceable on any phone records or through bank transactions. Her body was later found in the basement of her father's home in the outskirts of Roskilde. The body showed no visible signs of struggle, which would indicate that Miss Polensky had entered the basement at her own free will. What came off as alarming to the police was the blood staining her fingertips when she was found. It seemed that before her demise, she had cut open her fingertips to leave a message. They found the words, All Hail the Rot, written all over the back wall of the basement. Her body was sent for autopsy to determine what had caused her death. When it was cut open, nothing appeared to be wrong. It was only when they cut her skull open to find out if she had suffered any kind of brain damage that they found the most disconcerting factor in the case. It seemed her brain had almost fully been overtaken by rot. The smell was said to have been so putrid, staff had to take a day off to have a cleaning team clear out the space. I don't know what to think of this one. I would like there to be a reasonable explanation, yet I doubt I could put one out myself. I have nothing more to add to this other than I hope I never see a rot near me. Ever. Circe's is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Today's episode featured Alexander Bauna as Elias Short. Audio edited by Henry Johannesson and El Sari. Manuscript edited by Rita Bauna and Kim Havelon. And written by Alexander F. Bauna. If you like what we do and want to support this podcast going forward, you can share this podcast with your friends or loved ones or donate whatever you feel comfortable with over on our coffee. Do you want to get to know us more? Follow us on social media or join our Discord. All the links are down below. Thank you for listening.